So we are blessed this morning. We have the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, great friend, his best-selling author. His, uh, he's also a Fox News contributor. His latest book is Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. And um, most importantly, his newest project, it's called The American Majority Project, essentially you know, how to move us back, I think, towards common sense and get away from this crazy progressive, woke agenda of the Bidens. First of all, Newt, thank you for for your time this morning. We appreciate it very much. Uh, listen, I'm delighted, and uh, it's always great watching your show and then uh, and hearing from you. And uh, The last couple of weeks with economic news has been wild enough that you've been dramatically in demand. <laughs> yes, things are, are okay. I want to start um, in, the, uh, in the American Majority Project, one of your polling results, 71% like, favor, legal immigration, but 73% oppose illegal immigration. Now, you're tweeting this week, I'm going to read it, it is insane that once again the Biden administration has prioritized the needs of illegal immigrants over American citizens, talking about sending these um baby formula packages to detention centers for illegal immigrants while, you know, families and their babies can't get hold of the baby formula because of the whole Abbott and FDA problem. This is part of the insanity of the Biden's um, agenda. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's really astonishing. I was thinking about doing the show with you. Yeah, and I, I wanted to make a point about and understand when people tell you they have, say, a liberal bias, okay? Well, you can't understand some of the specific things they're doing that both politically and in common sense just are crazy. I mean, this is an example. You now have the American people, uh, I think in 26 states there are shortages of formula uh, if you are an American citizen, but apparently the government is doing everything it can to make sure that as long as you get here illegally, that your government is taking care of you. Uh, but, but the other example that hit me that uh, is just astonishing, and I want to get your reaction to, you've got a rising price of gasoline. Every I think every day this week set a new record for the all-time high for gasoline. You have a shortage of diesel fuel, which is going to translate directly into the cost of trucking, which translates into the cost of every single consumer good, including groceries. And in that setting, you have the Biden administration canceling leases for prospecting for oil and gas. Now, I mean, it's one thing to say they're ideologically left wing. This is just stupid. Hmm. And you have to wonder, I mean, particularly while the president, you know, Biden gives these pious talks about how he's really concerned about inflation. He really understands your pain. I mean, what does he think it's going to do? Well, Lee, sure. Look, it's almost hilarious. You, you, you got this. We we're just talking to former Senator Phil Graham about this. So you've got big inflation numbers this week. You're quite right. 8.3% CPI, 11% PPI, 12.5% importing prices. Energy is at the heart of this. Not the only thing by far, but it's the heart of this. He canceled a big lease in Alaska and two leases in the Gulf of Mexico. You know, Newt, if you drill in the Gulf of Mexico... Your break-even for profits is only $30 a barrel. 
So that would be cheap oil, okay? Not $110 a barrel, which is the current price, but $30 a barrel break even. And they stopped the leases. And of course, the oil people know that even if they buy a lease, right, they're not going to get a permit because of these very stringent environmental regulations coming out of the White House. There's not going to be any permitting. So you're making the problem worse. Now, I guess this would qualify as your sort of common sense changes that are necessary, and that's what the American Majority uh, Project is talking about. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, look, the American Majority Project starts out with a discovery which Ronald Reagan and and Margaret Thatcher both personified uh, and which we followed in the contract with America, and that is most Americans are relatively smart. Uh, most Americans know that uh, they want to see prices go endlessly. They can't afford it personally. And most Americans know that if you produce more gas and oil, the price will come down. I mean, mm. you have to be a fairly crazed left winger to believe that there's no relationship between supply and price. So the American Majority Project essentially aiming at defeating big government socialism. And I was reading yeah, some and, of it. And, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, say, please. And, and, and it's designed, and I want to emphasize this. This is not a Republican majority project. This is an American majority project because just as Reagan had a, an entire generation of Reagan Democrats, <clears throat> I believe it's possible to put together a genuine bipartisan majority that understands that that big government socialism fails and that woke policies are just plain wrong. And you you go back, you talk about Margaret Thatcher, who argued that you have to win the argument first. Win the argument first. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's crucial. Uh, Well, the, the thing that's astonishing about Thatcher is that she took on socialism as a moral issue. Uh, she had grown up uh, in, the, in World War II. Uh, she was a deep fan of Churchill. She saw herself, I think, as a Churchillian figure, uh, and she thought she was in a fight for the very survival of Great Britain. Uh, and so she, she went straight at socialism as an immoral act of theft in which a group of politicians claim they have the right to take your money while they decide how to spend what you have earned. Uh, and she so decisively won that fight that no openly left-wing politician has been elected prime minister for 40 years. Uh, she, al- she always regarded uh, Tony Blair converting the Labor Party with what he called New Labor, uh, which uh, the uh, Paul Johnson said Blair was, in fact, her adopted son. And she, al- <laughs> she, always, re- she always regarded having convinced the Labor Party that her policies were right as the greatest single achievement of her career. Uh, but but she, had sim- she simply pounded away at it. Reagan did the same thing internationally uh, and got about halfway as far as she did in terms of the positive half of Reaganism. But he did not take on the left. And, of course, in the Reagan cycle, the, the left wasn't as blatantly crazy as it is now. Uh, it, you know, it, it had sort of subsided. It was very crazy in the period around 1972 when Theodore White said that the, the liberal ideology had become a liberal theology and you could no longer talk with them rationally because it was an act of religious belief. But then it sort of died down 
uh, and then it came back with a vengeance, I think partly triggered by Trump and the, the reaction of the left uh, to this idea of somebody who actually was, was going to take on their core values. So it seems to me the American Majority Project is aimed at providing the intellectual ammunition to stop this sort of woke transformational progressivism. I mean, I see this experiment in progressivism coming from Biden as right now, Newt, it's utter failure. The American people are rejecting this. I mean, that's why I think the cavalry is coming in six months for the election. But this is an important moment because the failure of this kind of woke progressivism, what you call big government socialism, we have to build on this. We can't just let it fail. There has to be an intellectual grounding for this so that we don't go back to it in the future. That's right. The, the danger for Republicans is twofold. First, that, that they will just run a performance-based campaign in which it will be mm -hmm. obvious that, that, that they're failing to perform, but that doesn't create a base for rejecting the whole the ideas. It just says, and then let, it lets the left say, well, if only we had better leadership, our ideas would have worked, uh, which, is, which is wrong. That is the ideas that are wrong, and they're just compounded by the incompetence of people like Biden. But the second problem is the Republicans have to understand that they cannot have a, a base intensifying, narrowly right-wing approach to this stuff. They've got to actually reach out to the American people, not just the Republican base. If, if they really want to transform the country and move us into an ability to compete with China and to solve all of our major problems. And so I worry as much about a Republican victory, which I think now is very, very likely, almost inevitable, uh, but it being squandered by people who don't understand what's really at stake and don't understand what, what Thatcher and Reagan taught us, which is, you know, you want, it, you want to build a majority view where the majority understands what works and the majority insists on solutions that make their lives better. Newt, Kim, I, I got to take a quick commercial break. Um, I want to keep you here for uh, another side. I want to talk some more about reaching across the aisle. And I also want to talk about limiting spending and balancing the budget, which is something that you did with the contract with America in the middle 1990s. I think we need the same movement. So please stick with me, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking to former House Speaker Newt Gingrich about the American Majority Project. This is so important. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. I am here with former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. His latest book is Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. And most importantly, his latest current initiative, the American Majority Project, to provide an intellectual foundation to take down big government socialism and this crazy woke experiment in transforming progressivism. Anyway, Newt, I want to uh, uh, thank you for sticking around. I want to go to another part of the American uh, Majority Project. By 67 to 19 percent, 67 to 19 percent, Americans favor limited spending and a balanced budget as ways to reduce inflation. Now, Inflation being the number one problem, inflation is in crisis and the economy is weakening and probably it will not end well. Um, 
talk about how to get an intellectual foundation for a balanced budget principle, which almost nobody right now, almost nobody besides yourself, I don't know, maybe me and Russ vote, but you know, nobody's talking about the need for balanced budget as a principle and then as an action plan. Well, I mean, first of all, as you know, Larry, we balanced the budget for four straight years. The only time in your mm-hmm. lifetime we had four straight years of balanced budget was the House Republicans after the contract with America. And we did it by combining two very different approaches. One, something that you helped pioneer in the Reagan era, uh, we were very supply-side growth-oriented. So uh, we had the largest capital gains tax cut in history. We had uh, dramatic regulatory changes. We created the condition for people uh, to go out and create jobs and invest. Uh, and that, of course, increased revenues dramatically. And we had passed uh, welfare reform, moving people from dependency to work and increasing the income for children. The, the largest rise of children out of welfare and out of poverty came because we reformed welfare and turned it into a work program, not a dependency program. So you had a lot of good things going on the economic growth revenue side. Second, we were very tough about spending. Uh, we were intelligently tough. Uh, we increased, uh, we doubled actually the, the funding for the National Institutes of Health because we thought that uh, breakthroughs in treating uh, diseases would in the long run both be morally correct but also financially correct uh, but but we also I've all long belonged to a school that believed that the Pentagon needs to be reformed not just fed uh, and so we were, we were willing to take on the bureaucracies pretty aggressively uh, I think a Republican party which allowed itself to the, that overwhelming American majority that that believes first of all morally, if you're supposed to balance your family budget, if you're a small business, you're supposed to balance your budget, why don't politicians have the same obligation to balance the budget? Uh, and, I, and my experience has been if you don't require a balanced budget, they will always spend more uh, because there's no, there's no natural uh, incentive not to. So I'm, I'm a very big believer that we should have getting back to a balanced budget, both as an anti-inflation uh, step, but also – as a step towards long-term economic and, and, uh, and I think, uh, moral health for the government. You know, I think I'm just, I mean, to me, this is just so important. So this kind of, say, a balanced budget project uh, would conquer inflation and would promote long-term growth and productivity and innovation. In other words, it's not just an accounting thing, Newt, you know, which is too often what people relegated to. This is a powerful economic growth tool. And I think, um, you know, winning the argument, I think that's a good, a good way to sell it, you know, to market it. A balanced budget will get us price stability and rapid economic growth, you know, three, four percent growth a year for the next uh, 30 years. Well, and it will force reform of government, and the American people actually believe about a half, excuse me, about half of all government spending is waste. So mm. you have a pretty, pretty good baseline here to go back out. When when you learn, for example, that in California alone, they lost twenty billion dollars, not million, twenty billion dollars in unemployment compensation to theft. Mm. Uh, you know the, that we have plenty of waste and fraud 
that, that could be cut out of the government. There's no incentive right now to do it. When you establish a balanced budget requirement, you have a real incentive to spend your money wisely, not just keep throwing the people's money at whatever politician concept comes up uh, next. Well, um, well, Kevin McCarthy's project, I mean, he's putting together a kind of modernized contract with America. Do um, you think we can get him to include a balanced budget principle in there? I think so. I, I think the... Again, I think if you if you start talking about an American majority, it's going to include getting back to a balanced budget because that's where the American people are. And I also have have felt like we've made I've been talking with Mitch McConnell's staff, and I think they're beginning to drift towards having some kind of a contract too. So I, I think there's a general belief that both in terms of good government and in terms of good politics, that picking you know. Five or ten things. We had ten in our original contract, uh, which, were, by the way, we were standing on Reagan's shoulders because you may remember he announced a contract on the Capitol steps in September 1980, uh, and we then we then picked up the Senate for the first time since 1954 when nobody thought we would do it. But by bringing everybody together, uh, we created the momentum uh, that people like Mattingly won Senate seats. It was a, a remarkable mm-hmm. moment. And Reagan deserved a lot of credit for having the courage to, to, to run as a ticket, not just run as an individual. You know, I, also with the American Majority Project, I'm really attracted to the idea of reaching out to Democrats and making this bipartisan. Now, here's the, the thing, question, Newt. Um, you've got a very, you know, left-wing, woke, progressive Democratic Party. At, at least in terms of the leadership. They have the levers of power right now. But are rank-and-file Democrats, in your judgment, you know, rank-and-file Democrats across the country, do they really buy this progressivism, do you think? Do they really buy this woke stuff? Or are they no, looking I, I for, think, an, you know, shopping that, around for an alternative? No, I think 30 to 40% of the Democrats would be available to an American majority. I, I don't know that you get to a majority of Democrats. But there's, there's a little book called The Education of Ronald Reagan by Tom Evans, which yep. is about Reagan's eight years of general lecture. And I recommend it to everybody, and I mention it in the, in the work I've done on the American Majority Project, because Reagan understood the key was not negotiating with Chip O'Neill. The key was appealing to the American people right. and let the American people talk to the Democrats. Newt Gingrich, thank you ever so much. Good luck on the American Majority Project. We're all helping you market this thing.